Welcome. Good to be back doing awakening things again. Um, I've lost track. Are we? Is this a longer break or a shorter break than the last one? We've kind of we've messed up the once a month bit, didn't we? Um, anyway, shall we open with a prayer? Dear God, our Father, we thank you for drawing us here tonight and we we come into your presence to be open to being taught by you met afresh by you as we as we reconsider what we learned last time and think in particular about your your word and how you speak to us pray that you will meet each one of us where where we are and we may know something afresh of your purposes for our life Amen. So what I'm going to do in this, um, as, as we've done in other months, I'm going to very briefly, try and do very briefly, sum up um, what we covered last time, just to refresh our memory and generate some, some continuity from one month to the next. And then we'll go straight into the first half of thinking about God's word, which is the main uh, topic for this evening and the way we're going to break that up is I'm going to spend uh, the first half looking at uh, if you like some of the some of the theory some of the why we treat the Bible in the way that we do and some of the ways in which we might look to read our Bibles and then uh, after coffee Gary is going to pick up uh, and take a slightly more practical slant of, of what we can do uh, week by week and day by day with God's word. So last time we looked at spiritual warfare and intercession, if you remember, um, and you know, two very meaty subjects, and we, uh, we went relatively quickly through both of them. I think it's good just to remind ourselves of what we covered, and uh, Rick, in, in leading on spiritual warfare, Explained, you know, first of all, that this is this is real. This is a this is a war that we're in. Um, as Paul's letter to the Ephesians makes clear, one we should expect to be in back to month one because of our identity in Christ, um, because of who we are in Christ, um, what Christ came for, and, and a lot that He achieved. Uh, was a uh, a spiritual victory. So the victory is assured, but the battle is ongoing in our own lives and in our own prayers. And there are two ways in which we can think about our position in spiritual warfare. Uh, standing, so uh, claiming what is ours, holding our own position against the attacks of the devil, uh, learning to belong in our identity in Christ despite the attacks uh, of the devil. And we talked and shared about some of the weapons that we have in that. Um, I think most of us will be very familiar with the passage at the end of Ephesians and putting on the full armour of, uh, of, of Christ. Uh, but there is there is prayer, there is 
Bible study, there is meditation, there is the support of other people for us, uh, and a number of other in your handout from last time, uh, weapons that we have. God, though, calls us not just to, God, God clearly calls us to stand, and God assures us of uh, the ultimate victory in that spiritual warfare. But God also calls us to do something a bit more, and He calls us to advance. So he, he calls us to take the battle to the enemy uh, in the field of, of mission. Um, and again, with the certainty of our identity in Christ and that uh, the victory has already been won by him. Uh, and we spent a little bit less time on that, uh, on that second part. But again, you had really full notes and we'll just encourage people I found it really helpful just in preparing again for this, uh, for this evening to go back through Rick's notes um, uh, and the, there's some additional uh, reading there. We have a commander-in-chief, uh, the Lord God, uh, who is, well, he's more than a human commander-in-chief, isn't he? he the battle is um, uh, entirely his, really. Um, uh, so it is a battle that is fought in our lives, in our prayer lives, in our spiritual lives, in this, in this world. It's a battle which is somewhat invisible to us, but it is his battle and his victory. Um, and we have the privilege of, of, of being there, uh, standing, and then when appropriate, advancing for him. There are many, many... Uh, Bible verses, so tying into what we're looking at today. One of the great uh, tools, I think, in spiritual warfare is the Bible. And the Bible is, the Bible I find surprisingly confident about victory. So I think we are, we are in danger of being a, a lacking in confidence people of God. Um, and I suppose the reason for that is we tend to trust too much in our own abilities and not enough in in, in his victory. And one of the, I think the, the privileges of uh, studying the Bible, and, and again, Rick, there was a whole sheet, which I hope you've still got, of, of, of Bible verses. And one of the really good things tying last time into this time is one thing the Bible does is it's full of promises. The Bible is full of promises that God makes to us. Uh, and one of the great, some of the great verses for spiritual warfare are promises that God will be with us. God will never lead us. God is, uh, will be with us like he has been, you know, the, the, the great characters of the Bible, uh, that the victory is assured, that the devil uh, is defeated. Um, and claiming some of those promises of the Bible, uh, I think is a very useful thing for us to do from time to time, both for building our own confidence uh, in spiritual warfare, but also in realizing that we don't do it in our own power, uh, but that we do it in his. After the break, then last time, we moved on to intercession. And I think there are, there are a number of important links between spiritual warfare and, and intercession. And we looked at the idea of prayer as a struggle, which is I think something we can all relate to, something that some of us will be able to relate to right here, right now, particular things that we're praying for, particular people, particular situations that we're praying for where um, either answers 
haven't yet become apparent or, or answers are apparent which we don't like. Um, and uh, prayer is a struggle. And we read um, in Romans, we read in Romans 15, Paul in joining the people in, the Christians in Rome, to join him in prayer. Um, so he, at the very beginning of Romans, was saying, I'm praying for you, I'm praying all the time for you. And at the end of Romans, he says, come on, return the favour. Um, I need you to pray uh, for me. And we looked in particular at three prayers of intercession, three asking prayers, which uh, Paul was sharing uh, with the Christians in Rome. And doing that, I think if our, when we're thinking about prayers of intercession, something we need to be really clear about is God's will. Um, and I read you last time, which I think is helpful again, this quote from John Stott, the purpose of prayer is emphatically not to bend God's will to ours, but rather to align our will to his. We're not trying to change God's mind but we're trying to align ourselves with God's purposes. And like many things in the Christian life, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I'm, I'm not a golfer, um, but there was a, is it Gary Player who said that the more I practice, the luckier I, I get? Um, um, <laughs> and the more we pray, the not the luckier we get, but the more aligned we get uh, to God. The more time we spend in his presence, the more, um, the more we submit ourselves to his will, the better idea we have of what that will is and the better aligned our prayers are. And I think over time, um, the witness of a number of people is then the more fruitful our own prayer life is. But we need to understand God's will. And, and we talked a little bit about the two types of God's will, God's general will and God's particular will. And again, there's a really important link to, uh, to this, uh, to tonight's subject and, and scripture. So God's, God's general will is that which is revealed in scripture, that which we know to be true at all times and in all places for all people. Um, so an example of that is that, is that, we have our identity in Christ, and God wants us to grow more Christ-like. He wants us to become more like Christ until on the final day we will assume the glory which is uh, now uh, Christ's. And that is revealed really clearly in the Bible, and it's revealed for all people at all times, uh, all Christian people at all times. Uh, and so that is part of God's general will. There are then things like... Um, should I cook uh, cod or beef for tea tonight? Um, I asked Hannah, would you like cod or beef? And she said really rather sensibly, um, choose what Matty would like best. Um, and she knows, she knows how to have a quiet, a quiet life. Um, but God, I could look through the Bible for, for the next 20 years and God wouldn't tell me in the Bible whether to cook cod or um, beef for tea tonight. Um, uh, that is uh, that you know that is part of God's particular will it's a stupid example but it's part of God's particular will but it does it means that when we pray all of those things it is right for us to pray thy will be done um, we're praying asking that uh, that the answer will will come and that will be part of God's particular will 
for for our life. And then finally, last time, well, no, not finally, we, we looked very briefly at our role, and we had that reading from the prophet Habakkuk, uh, and the idea of going up a watchtower. So Habakkuk having this argument with God, come on, God, um, there's lots of evil in Israel at the moment, why aren't you doing something about it? Uh, and um, God says, actually, I am doing an amazing thing uh, in your time, just look. And Habakkuk goes up his watchtower, and he looks out, waiting for what God is doing. And this picture that our role as an intercessor is to climb the watchtower and look out in the world at what God is about to do. Uh, watching and waiting, rather than talking and doing. And then we finished with some practicalities. How do we, uh, how do we pray? Uh, the idea of a quiet time, the idea of short arrow prayers, and the idea of more uh, uh, structured walks or retreats or longer periods of time. And, and I hope that if you've had a chance to meet in your small groups uh, in between this session and last session and this, I hope that one of the things that um, uh, you've been able to do is share and encourage each other in how we actually do uh, the practice of, of prayer. Because it's... Um, one of the reasons we exist together as, as, as God's family in the church is to encourage each other and build each other up. And all of us will be able to testify to times when prayer has gone uh, badly and times when prayer has gone very, very badly. Uh, and a few times when prayer seems to go well. Uh, and it's really important, I think, that we share with one another uh, and encourage uh, each other in that.